Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Hello, good morning, everybody. I'm your official scripture reader today. And uh, if you read, the, turn to the front of your bulletin, and we'll yell this out together. I like doing this because this is real biblical truth. makes me feel good inside. All right. You guys ready to read? Okay, here we go. Uh, Proverbs chapter 14, verses 4. Then we're going to do 12 and then 30. Ready? All right. Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I like that one. <laughs> right. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Turn this up a little bit. Well, hello again, everybody. Again, my name's Drew. I'm the associate pastor here for Loon Mountain Ministry. Um, it is true, I did grow up outside of Philadelphia. Check one, two. Check, check, one, two. I did grow up outside of Philadelphia. It's a dark part of my past, but hopefully none of you hold that against me this morning. Just kidding. Um, yeah, we are, bear with me a sec while I get arranged. I'm usually the one behind the guitar, so I'm a, a little bit out, out of my element this morning. So I got to get set up here. But we are in, uh, in the book of Proverbs. Our church has been uh, going through a series uh, of the wisdom books of the Old Testament. Um, we started with the book of Job. And uh, then we made our way over to Ecclesiastes, and now we're in the book of Proverbs. And uh, to give you a little perspective, if, if you're not familiar with the book of Proverbs, um, it, it's a book full of principles and uh, probabilities. You know, I think it, it, people can read different parts of Scripture and think that it's a promise from God. The, the book of Proverbs is not full of promises. They're f- full of principles for life. Um, and so an example of that from the book of Proverbs, uh, here, here's a Proverbs from Proverbs 13. It says, Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. And I'm sure you can think of somebody who has gotten rich really quick. And maybe they, maybe they, uh, maybe they maintain their wealth. Or you can think of somebody that... Uh, has worked really hard their whole life and diligently saved, but never have really seemed to um, acquire wealth. This, these are general principles that we see in the book of Proverbs. Um, it's also a book of observations, not conclusions. And there, there's an example in chapter 14 that says, The poor is disliked by his neighbor, but the rich has many friends. This is an observation that Solomon is, is making. He's not uh, giving us advice for acquiring friends here. It's simply an observation. So it's good to, to be aware of, of the type of literature that we're reading throughout Scripture because there's all different types. Um, and so Proverbs are these short sayings of wisdom um, which can really help us 
um, for those who who come and recognize their need for wisdom. Does anyone need wisdom here? Amen. I see a lot of parents with their hands hands raised, I'm sure, yeah. I know I need wisdom as a parent. Uh, well, you and I are in luck because James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So let's take a moment and let's do just that. Let's uh, call on the Lord for wisdom as we look into his word. Heavenly Father, I, uh, I ask that, Lord, your spirit would, would fill us today. Lord, give us your perspective. Lord, give us wisdom from your word. Father, I pray that um, what we glean from your word today wouldn't rest on, on my wisdom or, or men's wisdom, but it would rest on your spirit's power. Lord, we are, are powerless to uh, achieve the transformation that needs to happen in our hearts. Only you can do that. Only you have the power to save us. Only you have the power to transform us. So we submit to you, Lord, and we submit to your word. We thank you for your love for us, Lord, that as you reveal our need for you, Lord, you don't just leave us to try and work our way to do better, to be better, Lord, but you have made a way through your son, Jesus. Lord, that as we confess our sin to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us and you give us power, you cleanse us, from our unrighteousness, and you make us more like your son. We thank you for that truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week, I think it, oh, it's working now. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Can you guys hear me? Awesome. That helps me, because I need hands to look at my notes. This week, we're in uh, Proverbs chapter 14. We've been Uh, covering a chapter a week in the book of Proverbs, although we're not really covering the whole chapter. We're at the point in the book where um, it's just full of proverb after proverb, and some of them relate to each other and some of them don't. So this week what I've decided to do is I can't possibly cover everything that's in this chapter in the next two hours. Just kidding. Uh, In the next 20 minutes or so. Um, And so I've picked three that we're going to look into. Three that... As I read through the chapter over and over again, um, these three really stuck out to me. So the first is Proverbs 14, verse 4. And it says this, Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. I think you can probably get the gist of this, right? You know, it's no fun to clean up the stable, right? But without the oxen, we can't, uh, reap a harvest, right? He helps us achieve the work. You know, the, the oxen itself is a blessing. We can't possibly think that we could achieve, you know, what, what it does, but that also comes with some responsibility. And so to apply that to our own lives, I don't think, does anyone here own an ox? Oxen? No, I didn't think so. To apply, apply that to our own, own lives, we all have things in our lives, tasks or difficult moments in life that we really don't enjoy, right? It's easy to look at the not-so-fun moments and kind of just think, man, my life stinks. Picture this scenario with me. This is, has happened in, in real life to me. So it's coming to the end of what's been a really busy day for me. I, I've been in meetings since the beginning of the day. Things just really didn't go my way at work. But I come home, I'm exhausted, 
And uh, it happens to be my wife's night out, which I'm thankful for her. Good, you know, I want her to have her time out. But that's, that's hard for me, right? And uh, we're coming to the end of dinner, and I look at the sink, and it's just overflowing with dirty dishes, right? And uh, at my feet is my 11-month-old daughter, whose diaper is literally bursting at the seams. I can smell it, and I can see it, and I'm like, oh, great. And uh, I can hear down the hall, my older two are in their room arguing with one another. Has anyone else been there before? Yes. And if I'm honest, what I'm thinking in this moment is, this stinks, literally and figuratively. I'm sure you can think of parallel examples in your own life. We were talking about them this morning as we were setting up, actually. When you feel exhausted, you feel run down or just stuck doing things that you don't feel like doing and all you really want is a few moments of rest and relief or a clean house. What I often fail to remember in these not so fun moments is that that exact moment is actually full of answered prayers. That exact moment is full of answered prayers. And instead of hanging my head over the responsibilities that are weighing me down, why don't I rather stop And take the opportunity to thank God for what he's blessed me with. Here's what I should be thinking. I have a job which I enjoy. And although it's not always easy, although things don't always go my way, this is God's provision for me and my family. And we prayed for this job. So thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful to be able to to work where and how I do and with the people that I do. I have a beautiful wife who spends 99% of her time with our children, caring for them gracefully day in and day out. She's someone who I've prayed for. Thank you, Lord. The messy home, the messy kitchen, the dirty dishes, the leftover food, Lord, that's a reminder that you continue to provide for our needs. You continue to give us more than enough, more than what we need. Thank you for these dirty dishes. The smelly and argumentative children, they are not an inconvenience. They're an answer to prayer. As a family who knows what it's like to lose a child, um, I'm reminded that there's so many others who would be so grateful to have an opportunity to change a dirty diaper or to break up a sibling conflict. But instead, many are left with quiet, order-free, and orderly households. Children are not an inconvenience. They're a blessing. Lord, remind me of that. The point of this proverb is this. The gift that God gives us come with responsibilities. Don't wish away the responsibility that comes with the gifts we are given. Instead, let's take a step back. Let's broaden our perspective. Let's be grateful for what God has given and embrace all of it. The next proverb I'm going to take a look at is actually the last one on the list of uh, the three on your bulletin. It's verse 30, and it says this, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. See, this proverb is making a connection between what goes on inside of us, uh, in our heart, emotionally, uh, mentally, spiritually, and what happens in our body. Science has proven this, right? 
that what, what go, what's going on in our, in our mind, in our heart, in our spirit actually has a great effect on our body. And God's word has been telling, telling us this for thousands of years now. You know, your spiritual, mental, emotional health affects you more than you might think. As a pastor, I've observed that we are a more anxious people than ever before. I've only been in pastoral ministry for six years, but even in that amount of time, the amount of people who come to me to talk about their anxiety, their depression, has grown exponentially. Looking at this verse, it's, it's interesting to me that envy is what Solomon points to as the converse of a heart of peace. Let's read the verse again. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Envy is essentially comparing what you have with what someone else has and experiencing negative feelings of unmet desire because you might think that what they have is better than what you have. You've probably heard the, the, the modern proverb, comparison is the thief of joy, right? The truth is the same. Envy opposes inner peace or inner joy. And without a doubt, as we trying to apply this to our modern day life, without a doubt, the biggest and most formative area, arena for comparison and envy today, I believe, is social media. I was looking up some, some st statistics of uh, social media this week, and I saw that, according to this, 75% of adults in the United States use Facebook. Can you think of another statistic that categorizes 75% of adults in America across, from 18 and older, across all ages, gender, you know, location? That's incredible. Whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Reddit, I would, I would include news outlets with that as well. What we're often doing when we spend time scrolling through our news feeds is comparing what we have with what someone else has, which results in negative feelings of unmet desire or envy. And envy rots the bones. If you can be honest with yourself, how do you feel after 30 minutes or more of scrolling through the news feed or the advertisements? You feel gross, right? You don't feel full of life. You don't feel, you know, like you're ready to go and, and, and live life and, and, and do good. You feel like a shell of yourself. To be clear, I do use social media, but I'm constantly evaluating evaluating my, myself, my usage, my thoughts, my intentions behind it. So I'm not going so far as to say that there isn't an appropriate use for, for social media, but I do believe, and I do believe that it can have some re redeeming qualities. But what I'm saying is that social media can quickly become harmful if we're not careful. And to engage with it in a way that is beneficial and redemptive to your mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical health it really does take great care. Here's the thing. You guys have heard all this before. This isn't news to you. We know the ill effects that social media can have on us and those around us. And let me give you an example of why I believe this is true. Have you ever been uh, around somebody who um, is trying to quit smoking cigarettes, for example? 
You know, what comes up in conversation? When this comes up in conversation, what is usually the response? Oh, good for you. That's so great. You're going to feel so much better, right? Have you ever been around somebody who shares that they're taking a break from social media? What is usually the response? Good for you. Like, you're going to feel so much better. You're better off without it. I'm proud of you, right? Why do we say these things? Because we intuitively know that social media is, is generally not good for us. It's, 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 it's often harmful, or at least the way we use it, at least the way we tend to use it. We sit and we scroll and we compare ourselves with others and we allow algorithms to form our thoughts about ourselves and the world around us instead of looking to God and his truth to form our thoughts and habits. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. All this to say, put down the phone, pick up God's word, allow him to transform you. If, you str- if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, or discerning God's will, whatever it might be, and even if you're not, I would highly encourage you to take uh, periodic breaks from social media. I would encourage you to take the next month. I've just committed. I'm doing this, so if anybody wants to join me, take the month of August away from all forms of social media. And in its place, pick up God's word. Read the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters. Read a proverb a day. And, and also along with that, list five things every day that you're thankful for. If you're willing to do this, I wholeheartedly believe that God will meet you in that place and that you'll begin to experience healing in those areas. And your, your, your heart and your mind will begin to be in tune with God and his voice and not in tune with the world. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. The last one we're going to look at is Proverbs 14.12. It says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, but its end is the way to death. The NIV says, There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. You and I have a tendency to think that we are always in the right. We have a ten- tendency to think that we are seeing and perceiving things more clearly than we actually are. And in general, people pursue what seems good or what seems best to them. It's rare to find somebody who is actively pursuing a way of life that they they know will lead to their destruction or their downfall or will be harmful to them. Solomon is warning us as his readers here, be careful because not everything is as it seems. He's saying, examine the life course or the path, that, the way that you are on, and even more so, examine yourself. So how do we do this? How do we examine our life course? How do I know if I'm going the right way? And what does this way that leads to death look like? Well, there's not really a simple answer to that. I think it can look like a lot of things, but Jesus says this in Matthew 7, 13. He says, enter enter through the narrow gate, 
For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I've kind of thought of three ways or three uh, categories of ways that seem right but lead to death. And I'm going to share them with you. The first, they're all ways of self, by the way. The first is the way of self-indulgence. This is what Proverbs calls the way of the fool. Uh, Indulging in whatever cravings or desires you might have. You know, whether it's uh, substances or adultery or gluttony or crime. And it seems right because it feels good at the time, right? Feels good at the time. But all too, all too often and always, if you follow that road, it will ultimately lead to death. The second is the way of self-service. And the person who is uh, on the way of self-service, what they might say is, my kingdom come and my will be done. This person can be pursuing good things, but for selfish motives. So you want to pursue a career, that's good. You want to pursue a spouse, you want to travel the world, you want to raise a beautiful family, you want a home. There's nothing wrong with those things. But Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you as well. When we seek first things first, everything else falls into its correct place. But when we seek second things first, everything falls out of place. We end up losing all of it. And a question that I've begun to ask myself regularly as I wrestle with my own inner motives and desires is this. Whose kingdom is this for? In my role in this ministry, is my role in this ministry for the glory of God and his kingdom? Or is it because it allows me to create a kingdom that suits me? I love being outside. I love being outside with people, leading people in the outdoors and pointing them to God. I need to ask myself, am I doing that for his glory or am I doing that for my own? As I raise my children, am I training them up to love and serve God and bring him glory or am I parenting them so that they can glorify and serve me and my purposes for them? The third way that seems right but will lead to death is the way of self-righteousness. Literally anything that takes the place of God in our lives will lead us down a dangerous road of destruction. One example that I've seen amongst Christians is right here, the Bible. Many well-intentioned people of faith have Replace the Bible or the knowledge of the scriptures with God himself. And don't mishear me. I do believe that the Bible is God's inspired word given to us for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. But we need to be careful not to worship a book. It's an incredible gift and a special revelation from God. But the book itself is not God. Jesus actually addressed the Pharisees, who were the Jewish scholars of the day, the most studied, the most well-learned people of the ancient scriptures in his day. And in John 5, he says this, 
You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. You see, they were so busy studying the scriptures that they missed what the scriptures were pointing them to. Jesus himself. So let this be a reminder to us. The Bible is not God. If we're not careful, even in our pursuit of righteousness, we can be led astray. The scriptures tell us about God, but, this, but, but the book itself doesn't love you or me. The book did not create us. The book does not sustain us. The book doesn't save us, and neither does your knowledge of it. And, and for that, on, along the same lines, neither does your pastor, neither does your church, Neither does your spouse or your kids or your job or your finances, not your hobbies, not your own abilities. There is only one way that leads to life, and that's Jesus. Only Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the truly abundant life we are all looking for. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it's only through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ that you and I can be sure that we are on the road that leads to life. See, God's love for us never changes, as Jen said. We can go through life, and quite honestly, we stray from the path, right? We're, we have seasons, I was just talking with somebody this morning, we have seasons where we stray, but God's love never changes. And we, have, we can have faith in his love because of Jesus Christ. The memory verse that I'm going through with my kids right now is Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus came to earth. He became human. He took on flesh, lived the perfect life that none of us could live. And he exchanged that for our sin. He took his sin, our sin upon himself, died on the cross, the death that we deserve, so that we could have life, eternal life, life in relationship with God. Eternal life is not just a pie in the sky idea. It is for today. Jesus says in John 17, 3, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God and Jesus whom you have sent. It's amazing that the God who created these mountains offers you and I eternal life. He offers us a way back to how things are supposed to be in relationship with him. He wants you to trust in him. He wants you to walk with him daily. That is our prayer here at Loon Mountain Ministry, that you would put your faith in Jesus and walk with him for the glory of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the beauty of today. Thank you for uh, the gift of this sunny weather or this beautiful breeze. Thank you for the gift of your word. God, we thank you most of all for your love for us, which you, show, you showed us through your son. Father, I pray that um, your spirit would convict us, Lord. And if we are um, living in a way, if we, we are walking down a path, Lord, that is leading us to destruction, uh, destruction God, show us our need for you. 
Lord, show, show us our need for Jesus. May we trust in him fully. May we, we walk with him daily. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.